Welcome to How Humans Change. My name is Josh Chambers. And I'm Leif Parton. Every episode, we speak with someone who's undergone some kind of change, and we get the backstory. Now, this episode, we spoke with Tamara Murray. My identity was really tied up as Tamara is a worker, and I didn't really have anything else. And Tamara is the most extreme version of digital nomad I have ever met. Have you ever heard the expression digital nomad? It's a term for people who work remotely, digitally, and travel while they're at it. Oftentimes it's used for people who maybe live in one or two different locations. But Tamara and her husband took it one step further, and they quit their high-level corporate jobs in San Francisco to travel around the country and live in a minivan they called Red Delicious. We talked about what life is like as a digital nomad, uh, what it feels like to shred your work identity when you can no longer meet people at parties and say, what do you do and feel that bolster of confidence when you have a nice title and a nice job behind you? And of course, I could not resist referencing Matt Foley from SNL. I'm sure I wasn't the first one, and I'm sure it was probably just as annoying as the last thousand times. I'm sorry, Tamara. Well, we did talk about what it was like living in a van, and much of their story has been documented on their website, nomadswithavan.com. Nomadswithavan.com, and we'll also put that in the blog post. If you enjoy this, please rate us on iTunes. Give us five stars. It helps. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast player. That also helps. And please share this with a friend. And if you know anyone who's undergone some kind of change, big or small, go to howhumanschange.com and click contact. We really appreciate all the submissions so far. We've got some really interesting stories for you coming up. So without further ado, here is Tamara Murray. Okay, welcome to How Humans Change Tomorrow. Would you mind giving us a quick little snapshot of who you are, your name, and anything else you want to include? Sure. Uh, so my name is Tamara Murray. I am 32 years old. And in my previous life, I lived an, an urban, fantastic life in San Francisco as a vice president at a PR firm. And now I travel North America in my minivan turned camper with my husband as a digital nomad. That's awesome. So that's a, that's a great segue into the, the kind of change we're going to talk about. So we'll be discussing um, when you guys decided to turn into Chris Farley and how that happened. <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> and then the changes since. But the first question we like to always ask people is, what were you like in high school? Oh, my goodness. Oh, gosh. Let's see. In high school, I guess I was sort of like kind of a nerd, but not. Like, I wasn't, like, I wasn't cool enough to be a cool kid, um, but I wasn't, you know, my friends were really nerdy. Um, and I say that, of course, lovingly, mm -hmm, um, sure. but they were all like in all AP classes and like I couldn't get into all the AP classes. Hmm. So it was like I had the, the spirit of a nerd, but couldn't really be I couldn't be a full nerd or a full cool person. I was just stuck in, you know, what's the word? purgatory yeah <laughs> that, that, i can relate to that i grew up uh 
a simultaneously playing competitive hockey. That's what I did professionally for a little while. So there was this one side of my life that was full on, I was supposed to be a jock, but I was never jockish enough because the other side of me was, I loved drawing and I loved music and cinema. Like I loved all these creative things. So uh -huh. with the jock group, I was a little bit too creative. And with the creative group, I was a little bit too jockish. So I was kind of like stuck in this little middle ground of like, where do I belong? That's right. Okay, so that's high the big question. <laughs> Where do we belong? <laughs> and you were already, were you thinking about that in high school? Were you like, where do I belong? Or were you just feeling the normal angst of the high school purgatory? You know, I, I think I was just ready to be a grown up. Like I was ready to, you know, I was already, I actually worked a couple of different jobs even simultaneously in high school. I was, um, you know, I was read, I was ready to go to college. I wanted to get out of the suburbs and live in a bigger city. I, you know, mm -hmm. I would, was already like going to cafes and I was just ready to be a grown up. And I even like went and got an apartment, before, you know, without telling my parents that I was going to, I wasn't even 18 and Whoa. Wow. I don't know how I did it. Like, I don't know how, why they gave it to me. <laughs> I, like why like, I don't, I had no credit. Wait, where did you, you know, grow? Where did you grow up? I grew up outside San Francisco in the suburbs. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, and then um, went to college down in San Diego, California. Okay. Um, but yeah, you know, I guess they really needed, you know, people to fill this apartment complex. So. Wow. And mom yeah. and dad didn't know you were doing this. No. Well, I guess, well, I guess the, the part I'm leaving out probably because, you know, my husband is going to listen to this later is, <laughs> so I, I'm the, I moved in with my boyfriend at the time. Got and it. so, and I didn't want to tell my parents because I knew if I told them they would freak out. And mm. so I was like, well, I'm just going to do it. And then like when they find out, it'll be too late. And so, <laughs> Better to ask and for so forgiveness I, than permission, type thing. Exactly. It was actually kind of ballsy. Like That's I did. I remember telling ballsy. my mom and being like, "You don't have to worry. Like we already have the electricity set up. Like no problem. <laughs> like it's fine." So maybe, maybe wow. I guess I guess that they gave it to me because it wasn't just to me, but it was to the both of us. We I were see. both on the lease, so. Whatever. So when you're telling your mom and dad about this, you're like, no, I'm super responsible. I've got electricity hooked up. But they're they're like, at the same time, you're like, yeah, but you're living with your boyfriend at 18. Maybe you're missing yeah. the bigger picture. What's going on here? Were they 17. 17. Yes, exactly. Well, yes. And and that that was my whole strategy was just like, don't worry. I've already thought of everything. You know, yeah, we have electricity. Wow. Signed a lease, you know. It's fine. Don't worry. We already have a moving van booked. That so kind of thing. We'll come back and talk about more details about the backstory and the history. But why don't you jump forward in time to the big moment where you decided, I don't want to I don't want to do corporate or uh, I don't want to work for someone else. And I don't want to live in one city anymore. We're going to make this huge change. What was going on at that time? Yeah, so. You know, there, there were a lot of, of different things that led up to it, but, you know, just rewinding to what, what, the, envir what, what the environment, the world looked like um, for me and my husband. Um, 
we were both um, living in San Francisco. It's a great city. If you know, if you or or any of your listeners have been there, it's it's a really cool. It's a cool place. It's a place where um, that celebrates both um, being a workaholic, right, yeah. but also like going out and doing fun things and hiking on the weekends. Um, but we were finding that we were really just being workaholics all the time. Um, and really mainly because in order to afford to live there, like you have to have a big job, right? You can't, you can't. Yeah. And, and then during the recession, um, you know, we were like, Oh, well we've gotten married. Like maybe we should buy a house. Cause like, that's what you do. Right. And so we bought a condo, um, that, you know, I'm now we could never afford. Um, but so we were, we'd sort of like got, we'd, we'd set up this life that we had to work these big jobs to sustain. Got it. Um, and we weren't able to enjoy the things that actually matter to us. So that was what sparked this question of, you know, why are we doing what we're doing? Is this actually what we want or mm-hmm. is it what we think we're supposed to want? And did you, when you guys were discussing this, was it a slow and steady uh, deconstruction of what your values were? Or was there this big moment that you both came to? You know, I, I wish that it was this big aha moment, but I think that for, for a lot of folks and, and us included, it really is this slow, um, you know, you, you get introduced to different ideas and perspectives and then all of a sudden you get the courage mm-hmm. to, to, to take, to take a leap, to make a change. Um, so a, a couple of the, the smaller things that influenced our thinking, um, one, um, were conversations with my father. Hmm. So, um, my dad, um, retired down in Mexico. We were down there visiting him and I don't even remember how the conversation came up, but he, um, you know, he basically called us wage slaves. Wow. um, (laughs) Thanks dad. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He he told us we were slaves to the man and that, um, and he was like, look around you. And, and when he said, look, you know, we were sitting in this, um, you know, little cafe in, in La Paz in Baja, California. And it's, we are surrounded by expats who are all older, right? They're not our age, but he's like, none of these people work. He's like, how do you think they do it? And I'd never really thought about it. I just assumed that if you're not working, it's because you're rich or because you're retired. Right. And so you've been saving your whole life. Um, but there were definitely some younger folks like in their late forties. Right. And I mean, that's, you know, still have a lot of life left there. Um, so that got us thinking about, you know, what, how are other people able to make ends meet, um, in, in a way that builds the life that they want to live. Um, and then we watched this Ted talk, which, um, which, you know, some of you may have seen um, by this guy who runs a design firm where every, I think it's every five years, they shut down the firm for a year and they all go on sabbatical 
um, to just experiment with new ideas. Oh and yeah, yeah, Stag, uh, Stagmeister. Yes, that's yeah. him. Yeah, yes. it's every uh, every seven. Yeah. Okay. Every seven. Thank you. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just this idea that you know, life doesn't have to be. You go to school, you work, you play golf, and then you die. Um, and so, just a lot of different ideas like that um, got us thinking. You know, maybe we, there's another path that we hadn't considered. It sounds like uh, rewinding back to you at 17, this was sort of always in your DNA, this uh, capacity to think outside of normal cultural standards. Is that fair to say, do you think? Yeah, I guess so. You know, that I think that's a, a, a nice way of, of, of putting the way that I... Um, what's it called? Deceived my parents. Um, but, but yeah, what's it called? I mean, How do you say lied? <laughs> that I was a big fat liar. Um, actually I, I never told them I wasn't, I just didn't tell them before I did it. That's uh, technically not a lie. That's true. There so, you go. There you go. We believe you. you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Know, that's I don't know why how you got so PR far person. in the corporate world. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's funny um but but yes i would say you know um being able to question you know why you're doing what you're doing and what you care about and the decisions you're making um that that's definitely something that maybe i haven't always been great at but that i try to do sure what were the what were the few things you guys maybe were looking for uh, is it just like time? Was it hobbies? Was it, it sounded like time is the big thing. Time is a big thing. And I think there was this other, um, kind of, you know, more conceptual or, uh, abstract thing. And, and I can, you know, I'll only speak for myself. I, my, my husband had his own reasons, but, um, I, I feel like for me, my identity was really tied up as Tamara is a worker. Um, Mm -hmm. And I didn't really have anything else. I mean, there were, you know, yeah, I didn't really have any other hobbies. I didn't spend time doing anything else. Um, You know, I I was um, raised in an environment where we were, and when I say we, I mean all of my peers um, were expected to go to school, get good grades, you know, do all your extracurricular activities so that you can get into a good college, get a good job, climb the ladder, make, make a shitload of money, right? Um, and don't question that. And so um, the problem, and they've done studies on this, the problem is that when your identity is as worker, right, is is your job, then when your job sucks, your yeah. life sucks, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah. You're up a creek. You're just like, wait, what am, who am I? What am I? Right, except this pile of suck. Yeah. And so, um, and, and let me just say that I, I actually am, am, was and still am passionate about my career. Um, the work that I do is I help um, 
social change, not-for-profit organizations with their PR and communications and marketing. And so, you know, I, I'm not out there. I, I don't have to sit there and say like, oh, what am I doing? I'm selling sugar water to people who, you know, can't even afford basic necessities, right? Like, yep. at, at least I don't, I, I don't have to look in the mirror and, and say that, right? But mm-hmm. it's still hard. It's still hard work. It's not always fun. And it has some of the same frustrations because I was working at a for-profit PR firm. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, but just I, I didn't have anything else that was me besides my job. And so I think a big part of it was trying to bring that world back into balance and have more facets to my existence. Did you know at the time, were you able to articulate it so well at the time that that's what was going on or did it feel more like restlessness? Um, I wasn't able to articulate it like that at the time. The, the way that I articulated it was I'm burned out, mm-hmm. uh, totally burned out. I actually, and then when we were deciding whether to do this, I actually, I went and I paid a therapist out of pocket because, you know, it's not covered. Um, yeah. and I, I paid like, I think I said, I said like $1,500 because, you know, that was, we had so much money back then. Yeah. Um, not, no longer the case, but, um, the, I, I, I saw this therapist for, um, for several weeks. And basically I said to her, like, this is what I want to do. We want to um, take a break. At that point, we just wanted to take a, a sabbatical, to take a, a career break and then go back to work. Um, but I was like, I feel guilty. I feel like I'm oh. a bad person hmm. for wanting that. Um, and she basically, you know, told me in, in a gentle way, like, stop it. You're being stupid. Like, you know, <laughs> she's that, you know, like, like get over it and you're you're not there's nothing wrong with taking care of yourself which is fifteen hundred dollars well spent yeah Um, totally but i think that for for folks who you know may be listening who are struggling with a change you know they might be having similar feelings right like is there like oh i you know especially if you live a a very privileged life right like that feels icky to be like this isn't good enough um but there's something about um, there's something about looking at your story and being able to say it's it's not the right path for me, and there's nothing wrong with um, trying something different, even if it means having to change my narrative to change my story. So it's it's kind of amazing that you and your husband were going through. Uh, were you going through things at, at the same time? So you were able to arrive on this together because I could imagine how if one of you came home and said, you know what, I'd like to live in a van and the other person was like, you know what, I love my money. That could be I a know. lot of conflict. Yes. And, and we actually we regularly meet couples um, and are, are friends with, with people who, I mean, we, I remember we were giving this couple a tour of our van and the guy looked at his wife and he was just like, I would go 
crazy. Like he was just like, <laughs> just to her face, he was like, there is no way I would be able to spend this much time in close quarters with you. Um, and then. <laughs> and when she like, that's it. We're getting a divorce. Know, you know, I can't remember exactly what she said, but we were a little bit uncomfortable after that. And so we were like, ah. um, and then we also have friends who, um, you know, the, the woman might be like, you know, while as much as I love travel, like I also really love my big fluffy bed and my hair dryer yeah, yeah. and which is always deeply disappointing to me. I'm like, come on. Really? Like, like, yeah, like a hair dryer, like Jesus. So you know, you're, I so have there, a hair dryer. I was going to ask you about that. There was, so there's like, there's this, there's this creature comfort aspect of, of, uh, not what you're doing. So you guys probably miss out on some of those. And when you see people who value those things and, and really appreciate those things, I was going to ask, like, are you like, Oh, good for you. Or is there a small part of you that's like, God, you suck a little bit. Yeah. I think it's, I think, I think there's nothing wrong with enjoying those creature comforts. What I don't have a lot of tolerance for is when people are like, oh my gosh, like I really want to do this thing, but I can't. Uh, I see. And it's like, well, you could right. just choose not to. So either, um, so from your perspective, it's kind of like either don't want it or do it, but the middle ground of like wanting it and not doing it is sort of like, eh, that's annoying. Yes, I think there's, that we have choices in life and some of us have more choices than others. And some of us have different choices, right? Based on, you know, the, the people in our lives and the opportunities that we were afforded since birth. Right. But, but everybody has some choices. Um, and, and, you know, we, we should own those choices, especially when it comes to, you know, how we, I mean, especially with something as silly as like, I love my comfortable bed, you I know, see. I yeah, mean, yeah, that's, yeah. that's different than, you know, well, I would love to travel, but then I would, you know, have to pull my school age children out of school right. and homeschool them. That's a very different, that's different. So when you came back, going back to you and your husband, you guys, it sounds like we're both on the same page. Yes, we, we were on the same page. I mean, we were both just, um, we didn't have, yeah, we weren't able to do the things that we enjoyed. We love, we love hiking. We love spending time outdoors. We love cooking. And, you know, we would just get home every day and just be too tired to cook on the weekends. We were too tired to go outside. You know, we weren't spending time doing the things that we enjoyed. Got and it. he felt that way too. So, um, so what we decided to do was take a sabbatical. So we, we, we planned, um, we, uh, we saved money, you know, we didn't just decide it overnight and then leave the next day. I mean, it was, a like nine to 10 month process of okay. planning the details, figuring out how much money we needed to save. We had a dog, right? So we were like, should we, do we wait till the dog dies? Like how horrible is that? Right. Yeah. So we're like, no, let's just take her with us. We love her. She's our best friend. So we took our dog with us to Mexico, Chile, Argentina, and Costa Rica. Oh wow! For a year, yeah. We, you know, we just like put her in her little soft crate, and she would hang out with us on the plane underneath, you know, under the seat in front of you, and 
took, we smuggled her onto buses and all mm-hmm. kinds of things. We only got caught once. <laughs> um, and it was during that time when we were experimenting, um, you know, living different places and, and figuring out what, who we were besides workers yeah. that we decided, how can we keep doing this? But while earning an income and Got that it. was when the van came into the equation i see so it the 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 big thing was we got to get out of here and just have a reset and let's have a reset in some beautiful fun locations and then through that time you started to realize that you really liked like traveling was still a big part of your dna yes that's right and 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 not and specifically uh, it's like a different kind of travel right i mean and we do still go on like quote unquote vacations right um where we'll just like go somewhere for a week where there's a beach and we don't really do anything um but most of the travel is is slower um like right now we um are spending a couple of weeks in um, the western part of virginia um we're doing a work exchange on an apple orchard that makes apple cider vinegar. Huh. And yeah, and it's just this guy and his wife. And it was, you know, this is his like, um, you know, encore career. He used to be a professor. Encore career. Wow. Yes. How do you like that? Um, that's a, that's a real term. It's actually, a, there's a whole organization dedicated to promoting that idea. Never heard that. I love it. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. My father-in-law um, has, has consistently, uh, toyed with the idea of becoming like a Lyft or Uber driver, something of that nature, after being retired for 10 years. As his encore career. Uh-huh. I love it. Mm-hmm. You should tell him about that. I should. I will look yeah. it up when we're done. And... You have to wait for people to yell, one more job, <laughs> one more job. <laughs> and then you can I start it. it. I'll have to do I that at our next Thanksgiving. That's terrible. All right. <laughs> 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 okay, so you were saying encore career. You're at an apple orchard right now, working. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, so yeah, so we're we're at this apple orchard, and so we're learning we're learning about what it takes to run an orchard. You know what we were working farmers market booths, so learning what that experience is like, and um, just you know doing a lot of learning, learning about the community. Right. You you learn a lot more about the community being behind. A farmer's market booth than you do going to the visitor center, right? Like you get to interact with yeah. different people. Um, and so we look for opportunities like this everywhere we go where we can either be somewhere a little bit longer, learn something um, as opposed to just be tourists. And let's be honest, we're still tourists, right? but, um, but it's a different, it's a different type of travel experience, um, and that's what we're looking for. And are you guys uh, pretty open-ended about what the outcomes will be, and it's an indefinite uh, time for you, or are you sort of touring around looking in the back of your mind for a place to settle in or the next quote-unquote thing? Where are you at with that? Yeah, so when we first started traveling in the van, um, and we, just sorry, how long have you been doing that for? So it's been two and a half years that we have been um, traveling and calling our red Kia Sedona minivan our home. Got it. Um, we, her name is Red Delicious, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> how apropos. Um, 
Red D for short, um, which anyway. So, um, so we've been doing it for two and a half years. And when we set out, we didn't know if it would work. We didn't know if we could successfully be entrepreneurs and, you know, and freelancers. We yeah. didn't know if we would like traveling around by van. We didn't know if, you know, we would get busted for sleeping in a van. Mm -hmm. We didn't know any, we didn't know anything. And so we just said, we're going to do this as long as we can or want to. Um, and so we will eventually stop. We do, we do actually have plans to stop, um, later in, later in 2017. Um, but not because it's not working, but because I think one of the things we were really trying to get out of it was we're both, um, kind of like really anal about planning and knowing what's coming next. And, and this was a really good way of being like, guess what? You don't know anything. You don't know where you're going to sleep tonight. Mm -hmm. You don't know where you're going to be in two weeks. You don't know where your next paycheck is coming from because we're, you know, I'm, I'm freelancing and he has an e-commerce business. And so it's like, you know, or maybe you do know where your next paycheck is coming from, but you don't know how much it will be for. Yeah. Right. Right. Yep. So it was a lesson in learning how to be adaptable. Hmm. And you guys are planning on wrapping it up. So what's, uh, have you found a, a place geographically as you've gone along that has tickled your fancy? Yes. Well, so one of the things we learned about ourselves is that, um, we really are California kids and mm -hmm. we can't tolerate seasons. So, <laughs> so like, so, you know, like we were in Albuquerque earlier this year and we were like, it is so cold here. How does anyone live here? And they're like, oh, well, it's beautiful in like July and August. And it's like, okay, but what about the rest of the year? <laughs> so, um, I know, I know it's really it's pathetic and a real first world problem. Well, I think what strikes me about it though is, is, um, you get into these situations, these extreme situations and yes. you find it, it almost feels uh, like a betrayal to admit that there are things that you like that are not extreme, that are not yes. so crazy different. And to be able to admit to yourself that I just kind of like good weather, that must have been hard after setting out to be so countercultural and saying, let's not work for the man, let's not do money, let's not do any of this stuff for you I to know. then realize. I kind of want nice weather. I could imagine how that would feel difficult to admit and come to that conclusion. I know it doesn't sound very like hardcore, it's sort of like, I can do any of these things as long as it's above 70 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yes. Yeah. So, but, but we've learned, I mean, the whole point was for us to organize our lives around the, the things that we want to spend our time doing. And we love being outside. We love hiking. We love riding our bikes. Not, not, we don't do mountain biking. Um, but we just love like being in places. What happiest we've been is when we've stopped in towns where we can just park our car and ride our bikes everywhere. Oh, um, that's great. Yeah. And just, you know, so, and so there's, there's all these different factors, but so, um, ultimately we've decided that we want to settle down at least temporarily 
um, in Santa Barbara, California. Santa Barbara, um, here they come. Yeah. Red Delicious yeah. is, what are you going to, you're going to take Red Delicious out back and blow it up? Oh my God, that would be amazing. That would be but, amazing. It would be amazing, but um, no, because we financed her and we still <laughs> owe money. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that would just be that's like a little bit too irresponsible, even I, though others might call quitting your jobs to just go travel irresponsible. I um, feel like I would give money to a GoFundMe page that was helping you pay this off, so you guys could have some proper closure and just stick some dynamite inside your van and watch it burn. Yeah, so where, like, what do you need? Like a big field? Like, I think so. Or the ocean. I mean, the ocean, people dump stuff in there all the time. Why not? Oh my gosh, that's so terrible. You can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Although, I don't know. Santa Barbara has a lot of oil drilling right off the coast, so maybe they wouldn't even notice. Maybe you could just get the, the oil guys to take there. it out there. I'll, I have a friend in oil and gas. I'll call him and see if there's any way to, like, yeah, he would love to do it. Yeah, I'm sure he. They'd get a barge, take it out to the, you know, just blow it up on the, on the rig. I think that would work. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's yeah, like douse it in like crude oil or something, yeah. and then. Yeah. Or sell it to uh, the new Fast and the Furious movie. They they blow up a lot of cars. That's right. There's a um, there's a book that I can't remember the author right now. Um, Mark Twain. Nope. It's called Transitions. Um, or, okay. you know, I can't remember the title. I'll look it up and we'll add it to the notes. But long story short, it talks about the what happens when people change and that there is usually uh, some kind of inciting incident. But there's a difference between a transition and a change. And mm. he talks about how change happens to everyone. But transition is the more or less the word he uses for proper uh, like the, the proper shift. And he talks a lot about proper beginnings, proper endings, and then the weird crappy middle ground, like the gray area between. And talks a lot about the inevitability of that middle ground. Uh, and so blowing your van out might not be the right way to do it, but I am struck by how uh, interesting and how I imagine it's, there's gonna be some challenges and some joys in ending something and like getting a proper ending to two and a half years on the road. That's not, it's not just like changing a job, a subtle shift from one company to another in the same career. It's a very big change. It will be a very big change. Yes. And it will be a very big change. And, and I, I think that, but I also think that we've, we have changed and we, we have learned as a result of this. And so like, we're not settling down just to do the exact same thing over again, right? To repeat history and, and then be like, let's buy a house and, you know, go get some desk jobs. Well, I was going to ask, it, and this, yeah. is, this is part of maybe we'll start wrapping up here pretty soon, but sure. what have been some of those big shifts uh, before you started and since? It sounds like there were some emerging values that made you decide we got to get out of here and let's go find some of those. So what, what, uh, differences do you notice now in terms of your values be before and after? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I guess I, I have a different, I have a different view about my, my place in the world. I know that sounds very lofty, but what, what I mean is that, um, I use, in fact, my supervisor and my previous job, he, he used to talk about how 
he has accepted that he's just another cog in the wheel, um, which sounds kind of depressing, but I've actually found to be very empowering in that, you know, there's, there are billions of people on this earth and I, I used to feel that such self-importance, like I have to do this cause I have to like change the world and, yeah. and, and, and I, I don't want to make it sound like, um, like, oh, well, nothing we, we do matters. So, you know, screw it. Like just, yep. you know, blow up your van and throw it in the ocean. Right. right. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, that. that's a terror. Who came up with that idea? I know that's, can you, it's going to kill so many fish. That's yeah, awful. It's a terrible idea. I know. Can't believe you um, brought that up. We're gonna have to edit that out. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but to but to instead um, be okay with the fact that you know you're gonna make the impact that you make, right? Either like in your community or amongst the 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 friends and and acquaintances and 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 relatives, the people in your life, and that that's okay, and to to not necessarily, uh, I guess, because then you feel this pressure to, to be like, oh, I have to do all these things because, you know, I have to be great, you know, I don't know. That's, that's one of the things. Yeah. And then, I don't know. Do you guys ever feel that way? Yeah, there, I think there's, um, I think especially for your square in Gen Y, correct? At 32. Yeah, yes. I'm yeah. like right at the right at the, the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I think um I think especially for for this that that generation there's there is this like um and I don't mean this in a disparaging way at all, but sure. it's no, kind it's of okay. like um we all sort of grew up thinking and wanting to change the world and wanting to do yeah. something good and the I don't think that this generation's quitting on it, but I think that the messiness of it is definitely becoming becomes more apparent as you cross into your 30s and and maybe 40s, although Gen Y is not there yet. Um, yeah. And you sort of do kind of realize, like, wow, I can I can bust my ass to try and change the planet, or I can maybe chill out a little bit and love the people that are near me really well and my neighborhood really well, and who knows, maybe that'll have more of an impact. I think that's a great way to put it. I think that's a, that's a really good way to put it. It's this balance between, of course you should care about what's happening more globally. Of course you should pay attention to what's happening. Of course you need to step up when, you know, something terrible is happening, but also to just be hum to be humble and to accept that you can't control everything that there is a, there is an inertia that is, stronger than just you um so yeah i think and i think that that's okay i'm sure a sociologist somewhere will get pissed off at me for saying this but i think whereas maybe previous generations hit the <laughs> same issue this kind of like when you're young ish you you want to change the world you want to do everything i think previous generations whether by choice or or because they were forced to when they hit this oh crap this can be harder than i thought retired back to the safe uh, career and the safe way of living. I, I do think that Gen Y maybe or younger people, maybe they're hitting that same, that same crux that every generation prior hit. But I, I do feel like I'm, I see more people 
doing what you do or something similar where instead of retiring back to the comforts and the, the normalcy of what was done before, they're kind of like, well, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to buy into the whole system again. I mean, I'm not changing right. the world the way maybe I thought I was when I was 15, but I also don't know if I want to jump into just like get a job, do it the way that everyone else has been doing it. Right. Well, and, and I'll say that that's one of the things that I've really learned and I'm continuing to learn from this experience is the importance of adaptability and being able to roll with the punches because you, you really can't there, there, I mean, yes, of course there is, you know, the like house with the picket fence and 2.5 kids and a nine to five job and whatever. And that does still exist, but that world is changing and those, steady jobs are, are disappearing yeah. or the nature of them is changing. Um, I mean, you know, you look at the news and like, I think it was, I don't, I don't remember the number, but like a lot of Americans work in retail. Like I think it was like one out of every 10 or something like that. Mm. And retail is a great example of an industry that is totally changing, yeah. right? Like, right. It's, it's, it is totally changing and not just because of the internet, but just because of our culture and the fact that we have more retail space per capita than anywhere else in the world yeah. and just, right. And so that's just one thing that yeah. is changing our society yeah. yeah, and, and our economy. And so, you know, multiply that by everything else that's changing. Um, you know, you, you have yeah. to stay adaptable. You have to be willing to change. Otherwise, you know, you end up, you know, struggling and, and, and fighting for something that is, is gone, that is going, you know? Yeah. Uh, last question for you, Tamara. Okay. Mm -hmm. What would you want people to know about maybe this big shift in the last, the last couple of years of experience that they may otherwise not know just from the outside looking in? I think that it's easy to look at what we were doing, to, to look at it and say, oh, wow, um, what a nice long vacation. That looks glamorous. That looks restful. Um, but actually, it's a lot harder to build the life and the lifestyle and the income streams it's a lot harder to set up the life that you want than it is to just settle into um uh you know something that already exists yeah it's hard and yeah and so i mean of course you know we we try to showcase both the challenges and the 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 victories um but that i think is something that that folks should know is that it's actually it's harder it's a lot, it's a lot easier to just go out and get a job and go there every day. We know how to do that. Um, it's harder to, to make something up as you go, but it's that much more rewarding too. Well, thank you so much for answering all of our questions and being so transparent with us tomorrow. You got it. This yeah. was a lot of fun. Oh, thanks so much. 